Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. How do you learn the secrets of success? Who do you look to for guidance on becoming a better leader? Those are the intangible questions our guest, Selena Rizvani, wanted to answer not just for herself, but for others. So she did the smart thing. She asked. In this episode, Selena shares insights on the lessons she learned from interviewing and asking insightful questions to over 50 top female C-suite leaders. She shares strategies on overcoming failures and setbacks, tapping into your motivation to help you move forward, and how to stand out as your authentic self. Selena Rizvani is a recognized leadership consultant, speaker, and author with a mission to help women carve out paths to leadership on their own terms. Selena is the author of two leadership books for professional women, Pushback, How Smart Women Ask and Stand Up for What They Want, and The Next Generation of Women Leaders. Selena also has several popular courses on LinkedIn Learning and has done a TEDx talk titled Interrupting Gender Bias Through Meeting Culture. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Selena. Welcome, Selena. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, I'm super stoked because of all of your background and the knowledge you have around women in leadership and, you know, how do women become better leaders? Uh, your TED Talks, your, you know, all of the works, the content that you put out there in writing. Um, you've, you know, worked for Wall Street Journal, NPR, always focusing on women in leadership. So, we're here to really just tap your brain and get this information out to our audience so that they can learn how to be better leaders. So, with that, let's dive right in. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story um, and what you've learned along the way in your journey. And what, you know, got you to really, you know, how did you identify your passion around women in leadership? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me and for creating this forum. Uh, I love what you're doing to help women and advance women. You know, for me, so much of my thirst to help women move into leadership roles came from this search for belonging, in my own life. Um, as far back as I can remember, I am the daughter of a Pakistani immigrant on one side, and I have a Caucasian American mom on the other side, right? Growing up in white suburban Philadelphia. Right. <laughs> you know, and to be honest with you, I never felt like a full card carrying member of either one of their worlds. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think I brought a lot of that search for belonging right into adulthood, into the work world. Um, here I was a management consultant working on talent, mm -hmm. five foot two, brown skin, you know, 20 something woman advising C-level leaders on their talent, you know, mm -hmm. all of whom looked the opposite of me right. in every single way. And I got really good, so good at giving them the kind of diet Sprite version of me. 
<laughs> and, you know, conforming to them, kind of mimicking what they did, muting my ideas. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it, it feels awful, right? If anyone listening has ever done that, right? It feels terrible. Um, they're not getting anything memorable from you and you're not, you're not bringing your full color self. Right. And so uh, I saw that in other groups and other people, you know, I saw that sometimes in other women pressure to conform and, and fit in among people of color, among many groups who feel othered sometimes. Right. And I thought this is a conversation I can facilitate. You know, um, between employees who want to bring their full selves to work mm-hmm. and, and feel comfortable and employers, leaders who want to create these inclusive, welcoming atmospheres, right. you know, where people can contribute their best. That is so, so true. And, and you know, I myself experienced the same thing where there is that you realize that you are the only sometimes in some groups or in some meetings. Um, and then the what I like to call the minority tax of then, you know, when someone is trying to, you know, in in rightfully so they're wanting to learn more about you, your culture and things like that. But then the, you become the token example, and you're like, wait, but I'm not like, I I don't speak for the entire population uh, that, right. that looks like me. Um, so, sometimes there's those, those pressures as well. But I love what you said about having to conform. And, you know, one of the things that I started really talking to um, various different, you know, groups and women when I was talking about intersectionality and those types of things of, you know, you do have to learn in organizations how to acculturate, but not necessarily assimilate. And remember that you're bicultural and like, you know, you hold on to your authentic self and your roots and who you are. And yes, you know, when in Rome, do as Romans do, but you're still you. And, you know, and so that's a really hard thing to do. So help, you know, help, um, help us with, you know, gaining some clarity around how did you, um, when you started realizing that, and like you said, you started, you know, you were giving everybody the diet Sprite version. How did you, transform or how did you start kind of like, hey, this is the full authentic me. How did you really start um, sharing with people who you were and voicing um, and standing up and standing out? Yeah, that's so important. And I, I really appreciate your comments about the the minority tax and mm-hmm. intersectionality. You know, I think it was clear to me it wasn't helping me succeed, mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, they were not getting anything memorable or stand out for me because mm-hmm. I'm trying to blend and fit in doing right. a, pro- you know, kind of a poor job bootlegging, you know, <laughs> I'm like the cover artist to their song, right? And, right? and it's not working. We can all sniff that phoniness sometimes in a person or like they're trying too hard. Um, so one of the things was it wasn't really, I wasn't killing it doing that. The other thing is it felt lousy. It really did. It felt lousy. And I I remember venturing a kind of exciting idea that did require me to put myself out there more. Mm -hmm. And I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand (laughs) up as I was putting it out. But it felt really good to be bold. Mm. You know, and and stand out, to go out on a limb knowing that limb could break, but that I can maneuver through this. And I think I started to gain a little more of that self-belief that if something goes wrong, if the branch breaks, like you can fly, you can write yourself. Yes. You can write 
a, a situation that feels wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world. And so I think a big one is, you know, stop avoiding failure like it's fatal. Right. Yes, absolutely. You know, because that makes most of us freeze. Yeah. And we stop, we pass up on opportunities because of that. Um, and and so talk a little bit about that, you know, because you said you had this um, idea that you wanted to put out there and it was going to require you to kind of step out a little bit more. Um, what are some of the techniques that help you overcome maybe those, you know, limiting beliefs or that fear of like, oh my God, can I really do this? Um, what did you do? How did you kind of just like get that courage to keep moving forward? Yeah. Well, some of it's a little bit technical. So um, one shift I made that made a difference was instead of using the word can, Mm -hmm. you know, can we think about executing, you know, ABC idea Mm -hmm. to let's like showing people my optimism and my excitement, you know, and, and there's something magical about that little word, let's, that creates cooperation, excitement, interest. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one verbal shift I started to make that felt more empowering to me and less like I was asking permission. Can we please look at X topic? Can we maybe consider doing Y? That didn't feel that good. You know, sometimes I'm not there to ask permission. I'm there to put an idea forward. So that little verbal shift from can to let's made a difference. One other thing I've noticed is like data, um, especially competitive data, Mm -hmm. comps, benchmarks, make people sit up and listen. Uh, And often, you know, people don't have that at their fingertips. So if you've done some homework, to say, hey, um, you know, we should offer flex work work arrangements at this company. You know, three of our four competitors do it. All of them advertise on their careers page. They do it. Here's what one is offering. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You become the world's foremost expert on that subject. Mm -hmm. So, are there ways you can be the most informed person or maybe just have the the most timely relevant data on the facts at hand? That's going to make you sit up straighter. It's going to make you speak with more conviction. It's going to make other people listen because this is not just hmm, an interesting idea. It's got some teeth to it now. So bring those comparables, those benchmarks that are very hard to argue with. Yeah, I love that because they are very tangible techniques. And I love the shifting or reframing the language from can to let's because it's empowering. It's, it's you know, and it's like, let's do this. And you kind of are taking the charge and leading the charge. And it's amazing how, you know, that that tiny little word, those three letter words can, you know, um, really empower you if you change it around. I love that one. I, I'm going to I'm going to remember that one myself. <laughs> Let's try it out today. I know. I think we should. That's fantastic. Now, tell me a little bit about um, one of the things we get from women all the time is, um, you know, the discouragement they get with, you know, okay, they get excited. They're going to move forward. They try to do these things and then they have either a setback or a failure and they kind of then lose the the wind in their sails per se. Um, What have you done that really helps you continue to move forward to kind of overcome those failures and setbacks um, to keep pushing forward? 
I love that question. And it's especially meaningful to me because I have tried to avoid failing my entire <laughs> life. I mean, truly, let me avoid uh, rejection, face plants, embarrassment of any kind. And there's a big problem with that. And there's a flaw with that, mm-hmm. which is, I'm not that big on sports analogies, but the more you kind of sit in the dugout and watch the game, mm-hmm you know, versus play it and get dirty Mm -hmm. and try and practice and learn. Um, Yes, you protect yourself, but you you don't get a lot out of that. And I think I way overestimated in my own life, Mm -hmm. you know, how great and safe the dugout was. And one of the things I encourage a lot of women to do is whenever you have a choice, play. Mm. Don't feel like you need to sit there and overstudy and overobserve. And I need three more years until I'm ready. And I need another degree before I can get in there. No, if you ever have a choice between action, trying, experimentation versus, you know, wait, watch, mm-hmm. get in there and try. Um, yes, it's going to lead to some fails mm-hmm. and some, you know, falling on your face, frankly, but you are going to accelerate your success, your confidence, your self-belief. The other thing I think is really important is, you know, I get rejected and fail all the time. I'm writing a third book right now. I've, you know, written two books, pitched them to publishers. They were bought and sold. I had a rejection last year from a publisher. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I, I think about is think about rejection Mm-hmm. as redirection. Mm. Sometimes when you fail or you didn't get that job you wanted or you didn't get the, the publishing contracted you wanted for something specific, mm-hmm. it works out. Right. You know, sometimes you're even relieved. And, and in that case, I think back to that book concept and it wasn't quite the right one. Um, getting that no helped me think a little harder about what really is meaningful to me. And I'm, I'm much more excited about my concept now. You know, so I think see some of it as a closed door uh, that didn't work out for a good reason you know, to, to take you to a better place. Um, so sometimes that fail is just a redirection, you know? I yeah. I love the redirection because exactly. And I love your example of, you know, you already are a very successful, um, you know, best-selling author and you had an idea and it got shot down, but then rather than you seeing it like, okay, I'm done. That's it. It's kind of like, no, let let this redirect me. How could it even be better and keep moving forward? And now you have this amazing, you know, book concept that you're moving forward to, which I think is fantastic. So it's the redirection of, you know, how might I make this better then? And just, you know, continuing to iterate. One question, you know, because I did look, you know, you do um, have done quite a bit of research in when you were doing your books. And one of them, I recall you doing a lot of one-on-one interviews with women and trying to understand what the, you know, the new face of leadership was going to look like, you know, share with us some of those insights that you had on, um, you know, what, what did you find was, you know, maybe, um, I guess, psychologically holding women back or what were you surprised that you learned in those, in those interviews? Oh, talk about an awesome education, right? I feel so lucky that I got to sit down and have now over my career, 50 plus interviews with C-level women. Right. Um, so, 
you know, so grateful to them. But I think one of the surprises, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a few. One of them was that, you know, they were not like Teflon coded from imposter syndrome, mm. you know, and that sense that, oh, am I a fraud? Should I really be here? Did I get invited to the party by mistake? <laughs> you know, those questions that most, I think all of us face at some point or another, mm-hmm. it's not like that ended. And they had this perfect golden path to the top. Uh, not at all. What One of the realizations I loved hearing from them was many of them said, I didn't just hammer myself for my weaknesses. Mm. I really identified early on some of my natural strengths and I cultivated them into superpowers. Mm. And I found that really empowering because I think so much messaging uh, thrown at women is about imperfection and how they need to be shoring up their weaknesses and stop looking like the before picture and look like this after picture. Um, You know, and this message that, wait a minute, you can take what you're really good at and and just supersize it and really invest in that felt fresh and and new. And there's one more I want to share with you that uh, I'll never forget. Uh, A common message I heard was, you know what? I may not be the world's foremost financial expert as a CFO Mm -hmm. or the top operations person on the planet as a COO, but I am more tenacious than most. Mm. And that was such a great message to hear from some of these women. The CFO of Nike, um, Dee Dee Wilson, was one of them. And she said, I was told I was not CFO material. Um, you know, but I wasn't afraid to go back five more times and say, how about now? How about under these slightly oh different circumstances? How about with this different timing? Um, and boy, that has made such a huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. Tenacity matters. Yes. You know, it's not just this rah, rah, nice to have message. It really can be a difference maker in your career. You know, that is that is so fantastic that you said that the whole tenacity and that intrinsic motivation to keep moving forward. And you actually you teach a lot on like, how do you tap into that, uh, you know, internal motivation? Tell us a little bit about how women do that, because like you said, a lot of these women were just more tenacious. They just were much more motivated. But I think sometimes people get you know mixed up with there's willpower and there's motivation. Willpower like fizzles out. How do you tap into that motivation? What is it that you teach people to do so that they can keep moving forward and don't burn out? Yeah, I think one is keep your purpose close. Mm. Why are you doing that thing? Why are you building that business? Why are you launching that program? Like your big why? Not your maybe small practical why, but your big, deep why. Well, I'm doing this or I'm writing this book, um, you know, for me right now, not just to give people confidence because I want everyone to walk around like a proud peacock. No, (laughs) the real why is that I want people to do big things and have the greatest impact in their life. That's really what drives me. And looking at that, you know, seeing it on those days where I want to give up or I want to trash the idea or I'm too tired to write five more words (laughs) on a page helps tremendously. So keep your purpose close. Don't keep it just up here. Mm -hmm. Put it on a post-it on your monitor if you have to. Um, Give yourself that 
food every day of purpose. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. I think another thing is shrink the size of your goals. Mm. And I hope your listeners like that advice, right? Because it's doing less, not more. <laughs> um, but it's true. I think, you know, sometimes when we're frozen mm -hmm. from a motivation perspective, we might be throwing too much at, at ourselves, you know? So maybe you're, you're wanting to start the big market research project, you know, maybe instead of that, it's develop the timeline, for the project, mm -hmm. you know, take something important and do one small thing that's going to contribute to it getting started and creating that momentum. Right. So um, really important, but shrink the size of those goals. Last thing, celebrate your wins. Yes. Really, <laughs> you know, take the time to celebrate your wins. Mm -hmm. I find even in a networking call where I'm speaking to a friend like you and I'm happy to see you and we're catching up. Hey, can I share a quick win with you? Yes. People generally want to hear that. So <laughs> share share these with your friends and your colleagues and your family members. It's going to give you that moment to relish it. That's fantastic. Yes. I mean, that's something that we teach all the time in the Beyond Barriers program is that celebrate not just achievements, celebrate your progress. So like you said, I really loved how you said shrink your goals because yes, you have that big North Star, big goal, but how do you break it down from that yearly thing to the quarterly, to the monthly, to the you know weekly, to the daily thing? What's the one thing you're going to do today? And then when you get it done, celebrate that you got that one thing done because it yeah. means that you're moving forward. And we tend to wait and celebrate that achievement a year later, right? But the whole grunt work all the way through, you didn't celebrate. So I love what you said of just reaching out to other people and celebrating each other and, you know, just having that little bit of energy that fuels you to, you know, say, hey, I'm, I'm trucking along and I'm going to celebrate the progress. I love that. Absolutely love it. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Now, one thing that I've noticed, um, you know, over the course of my years in, in you know, coaching, mentoring women is that, um, you know, we have a strong sense of community but we don't leverage that community the way that we should kind of, you know, you know, the men have this good old boys network and, you know, it's like who, you know, and they get things done and, and they don't think twice about it, but women have this hesitancy where they don't want to ask for help or ask, uh, ask a friend or a colleague for help because they feel like it's selfish in some way. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about how you in you know how you've leveraged your community in the past and how it has helped you get ahead and um and kind of make it the new normal of like hey we should be lifting each other up and helping one another mm -hmm. you know i would say the first confession there is it hasn't been easy or natural for me i think my first word my mom said when i was a baby was self 
myself. Like I want to do it myself. And so I have a hard time asking for help. I I think I always have. Um, And yet I love community. I love teaming with other people. So Mm -hmm. it's, there's something in me I need to sometimes push past Mm -hmm. to say, how can I get help? Mm -hmm. One thing I like to do is change it to input. You know, so uh, I have a, you know, I spend a lot of time with my community on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? I teach LinkedIn learning courses, but I also write a newsletter every week. Mm-hmm. And there's like 19,000 people waiting for the next one, mm-hmm. looking for a boost of confidence, right. um, who will tell me, you know, what resonates in particular. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe look at it as, as gathering input you know, testing your ideas Mm -hmm. with people. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's a way for your community to be there for you um, where you're not always saying, hey, SOS, I need help. I'm in danger. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Mm -hmm. We all need to do that sometimes. But Mm -hmm. maybe reframing for yourself. What are some Mm -hmm. other ways to engage with that community? Mm -hmm. I think one is I'm going to test some ideas and theories um, about what I think is meaningful by putting content out. I think another could be posing questions to your community. I love some of the polls that I see on social media, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, where -hmm. you're merely asking some questions Mm -hmm. um, and maybe creating dialogue in a new way. Mm -hmm. So, Look at the many ways you can engage that group, um, mm-hmm. you know, beyond the, the, the ask uh, mm-hmm. for help, which can be important. I think, let me say this, if you are going to ask for help, I would encourage you to be specific. Yes. And I mean that, you know, not just in a group interaction, maybe where you're posting something online, but even if you're reaching out to that woman you admire for a one-to-one coffee or Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. Be as specific as you can, um, because you'd be surprised how many people write with a kind of vague, um, I'm not quite sure what you want from me kind of invitation. And maybe the person says yes, but they don't know if you're there purely for a get to know you. Hi, right. I just find you interesting and I'd love to chat with you about life. Or if you were there to talk pointedly about career mm-hmm. and career experiences. So if you can, and I think you you almost always can, be specific. I'd love 30 minutes with you to talk about how you negotiated a budget for X. I'd love 30 minutes with you to talk about what you've learned being a manager in the advertising industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd yes. love 30 minutes with you to um, ask some questions about how to, you know, run a successful blog. If mm-hmm. you can do that, you will get so much more out of that meeting. That's fantastic and really great advice of like knowing the ask um, and, you know, being able to then take that information, leverage that information. And um, I'd love to add that, you know, I think it's also the closed loop communication too. After you get that information and you go apply it somewhere, letting them know like, hey, what you told me was super valuable. Um, But I think that's fantastic of knowing the ask and being specific because you're right. We can be very vague of, hey, I'd like, you know, 30 minutes to get to know you. And it's kind of like for them, it's kind of like, well, what's in it? You know, what's in it for me? You may get the no if they're really, really busy. But if you give them something really specific, then they're like, hey, you know, yeah, I can I can do this. I love that. And I think it definitely helps in, in getting the yes and getting to know those individuals. Um, let's shift gears a little bit because, 
you know, I loved how you were talking about, you know, the big goals and focusing on one thing. But the other thing is having the goals, but then executing on them and finding that path. And you're someone who has, you know, written two books, done all of these LinkedIn learning courses, you write all these things. You know, when you set those goals, how did you actually break them down and execute on them? Like, what what are some tips or some tricks or habits that you do in order to actually execute and move forward? Well, somebody asked me the other day, how did you, how was it writing a book? And I told them, you know, I had a very clean house during that time because I would like find any other thing to do some moments than what I needed to do. And and that happens to us all with a daunting task sometimes, right? We want to put our eyes on any other thing than that thing we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I think what ultimately helped, what ultimately helped was to give myself little outs and little breaks to look forward to. So if you've heard uh, or your listeners have heard of the Pomodoro method, where you go hard with very singular focus for 25 minutes Mm -hmm. with the promise of a five-minute break after that 25, Mm -hmm. um, that's doable, right? Most of us can do that. Mm-hmm. And it feels more achievable. So it's back to this idea of shrinking what's in front of us into smaller pieces so that it's more manageable um, and more enjoyable, by the way. Right. You know, I think that's an important thing here. So looking forward to a break is awesome. I'm one of those people who I will look forward <laughs> to a vacation every day for months knowing it's coming. And that mm-hmm. may be just as enjoyable as going on the actual trip for me. Um, so how can you do that for yourself? Maybe it's getting up and getting a snack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stretch and have a little walk around like the block during yeah. that time. I'm going to talk to a friend. Um, what is that for you that'll excite you? Sure. And, you know, I think... Another important piece of execution for me is I am very relational and having an accountability buddy, as I call it, <laughs> makes a difference. Uh-huh. Sometimes that somebody you've, you've paid in my case, maybe it's somebody who's expecting my book notes mm-hmm. today at 5 p.m., right? Oh, or yeah. it's um, a marketing person. I promised them enough content, you know, that they were going to help uh, put on social media mm-hmm. and I need to get them that Friday by noon. Mm-hmm. You know, enlist those people. There's something to that idea of, uh, you know, why it works when we go to a personal trainer, you know, we've paid them, we've made the investment, they're going to hold us accountable if we don't do it. And for me, that's very motivational. That's fantastic. Yes, the whole idea around accountability and having those accountability buddies to really kind of um, keep you on task. Um, and you're right. I mean, we we have to do that because otherwise we <laughs> we will find all other types of excuses and reasons to not do <laughs> what we need to get, get done. So I love that. So um, in closing, I love to ask um, all of our um, podcast guests of, you know, what are some parting words that you would love to leave with our audience around how they can continue to accelerate their success, especially in this environment that's constantly changing, um, given just the digital disruption but you never know, a pandemic, all of those types of things. Um, How do women stay uh, on top of things and continue to accelerate and be successful? I would say tell your story as you go. Mm -hmm. Don't wait to tell your story. Mm -hmm. Um, We need more women's stories in this world. And 
you are enough as you are. So many of us have a million and one stories, but we don't necessarily think of them as special and worth telling. They are worth telling. They are worth telling. So really look at your own story. Think about your wins and your losses and your hardest moments um, (laughs) and, and some of your best breakthroughs and start telling more of those stories. Start putting more content out in the world and sharing that with others. Um, We need to hear it. So don't disqualify yourself. That is fantastic. And absolutely, visibility is everything. And like you said, if you're putting your head down and just working and not letting people see you and know who you are and what you're doing, then um, yes, you're going to get overlooked. So definitely stand up, stand out, share your story and um, let the world see you. We need to see more of those stories. So thank you so much, Selena. I so appreciate your time. Um, And I know that our audience is going to want to... uh, want to follow you, hear more, hear more of these amazing uh, tidbits and lessons that you've shared. So what is the best way for our audience to stay connected with you and, um, and, and get more of your content? Yeah, well, I would love that. Um, please do reach out to me. Uh, my website is Selena. Ani.com. So that's a great place to find me. Uh, I have a newsletter there. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram and TikTok, uh, where I've made a, a debut, which has been really fun to get to know TikTok. Um, and reach out. I'd love to hear from you. My books are on Amazon, Pushback and the Next Generation of Women Leaders. Fantastic. Again, thank you so much. And we look forward to following you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.